This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Advocates for the decriminalization of cannabis had enough signatures to get on the ballot in Charleston Tuesday, except it wasn't there. We didn't want to take our chances. We thought, well, if we've got this many, we want to hold on to them and make sure that all this work pays off and all of this, you know, we can really represent the will of all the people that signed the signatures in the first place. That story and more coming up on this West Virginia Morning. Yesterday, the WVPB News team spoke to voters around the state about the things on their mind. Voters at the polls in Rand in eastern Kanawha County want change. Caroline McGregor reports. Dana Veely lives in Rand and is worried about the direction the country is headed. I think it's wrong that uh, what's happened in the country. I think we're swinging against democracy and it's like it's part of the country is radicalized and don't need to be. Constitution, um, women's rights, democracy, it's all important to me. I I think part of being American is to get out and vote and and speak your your voice. For Mac Reed, it's all about the economy. I think, you know, somehow we got to build this economy, especially in, in West Virginia. Mother and daughter, Teresa and Elaine McDaniel of neighboring Malden concur. If I don't vote, we lose our control of the government. Absolutely. You have to vote. It's our right. Who else is going to tell these politicians, no, we don't like your philosophy, so we're going to vote for the next guy and hope he does a little better. That's what it comes down to. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Caroline McGregor in Rand, Kanawha County. Younger voters are making their voices heard in Berkeley County. Shepard Snyder has more. Martinsburg resident and recent Shepherd University graduate Liam Redding says he's voting Democrat this election. Everybody's vote is important, especially for a state where the party that I represent is in the minority. I think that it's important, even though a lot of the times the leaders that you know we want to in the Democratic Party elect often fall short. But Redding also isn't opposed to extending his support to politicians from across the aisle. If there is, you know, Republican leaders out there that I think are going to be good, solid leadership for our community, I will definitely take those leaders into consideration too. Research from Tufts University says 40% of eligible 18 to 29-year-olds in West Virginia turned out to vote in 2020. That's a 7% increase from the last presidential election cycle in 2016. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Shepard Snyder in Martinsburg. Advocates for the decriminalization of cannabis had enough signatures to get on the ballot in Charleston Tuesday, except it wasn't on the ballot. Curtis Tate explains why. A group called Charleston Can't Wait collected 3,000 signatures in time to get a cannabis measure on the ballot, but voters might have noticed it wasn't there. Katie Lauer, co-chair of West Virginia Can't Wait, a statewide organization that's involved, said the effort hit an administrative hurdle. The city of Charleston and Kanawha County were prepared to accept the signatures. However, if not enough of them could be verified, they would all be thrown out. The effort would be back at square one. And we didn't want to take our chances. We thought, well, if we've got this many, we want to hold on to them and make sure that all this work pays off and all of this You know, we can really represent the will of all the people that signed the signatures in the first place. So the group held back to gather more signatures and verify them using a software program it purchased. That can help eliminate the ones that don't count. People who put down the address of the house they grew up in or an old apartment. 
people who said they live in Charleston but actually live somewhere else. The group may be able to get enough signatures to call for a special election on the issue. It isn't clear when that would happen or who would pay for it. The other option would be to wait until the next municipal election. But that's not for another four years. And the signatures have to be valid four years from now. I don't think there's any question about is there will in the city to get on the ballot. I think the question is, can we hit that tricky administrative window that the city and county have set up? Lauer said her group had volunteers collecting signatures at about half the city's wards Tuesday. The ballot measure would eliminate fines, court fees, and jail time for simple cannabis possession, which is now a misdemeanor. It would not apply to dealing cannabis or possessing large quantities of it. If you were um, found to have a small amount of cannabis in your vehicle or on your person, um, there would be no repercussions for that. Lauer said she'd seen a lot of enthusiasm for the effort and that the issue seems to transcend partisan and generational divides. I don't think this is the kind of issue you can really profile people on. You know, I'll, I'll walk up to someone who, at first glance, I might think might not be for this, and they'll, they might be the most enthusiastic supporter I've talked to all day. Voters in Charleston are likely to get a say on cannabis. It just wasn't in this election. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 749. The National Weather Service has issued a red flag warning in effect from 10 o'clock this morning until 6 o'clock this evening. Very dry conditions will create an enhanced risk for wildfires. Becoming mostly sunny today and breezy with highs in the 50s and 60s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Torres Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TorresSaveAlaw.com. Government reporter Randy Yoey has followed this midterm vote for months now and anchored our statewide election coverage last night. He's here with us live in the studio this morning to break down the vote and what it means for West Virginia. Let's start with the two U.S. congressional races where the vote went according to expectations. That's exactly right. Good morning, Teresa. <laughs> um, it did because we lost population in the 2020 census, so we moved from three congressional districts in West Virginia to two. Uh, the Northern District, which includes both the Panhandles, the Southern District, which now includes Charleston. So uh, Republican incumbent Carol Miller won big, 67% to 29% for her Democratic challenger, Lacey Watson. So Miller wins her fourth term in office. Her legislative goals is basically she is said to end President Biden's runaway inflation and to unleash American energy. And also she now represents the Charleston area for the first time. And uh, in the Northern District, Republican incumbent Alex Mooney defeated Barry Lee Wendell by 30 points. So he wins his sixth term in office. His new Northern District, he said in an interview last night, that he's going to concentrate on all the oil and gas up there. He hasn't represented those interests before. And he also now has Morgantown, which has West Virginia University. So he'll be more involved there. Now, both Miller and Mooney were vocal proponents of former President Donald Trump. The most contentious issue on the ballot was Amendment 2. What happened there? 
it was soundly defeated by 29 points. Now, this didn't make a difference in tax reform. It would have given the legislature the authority to uh, change property taxes and vehicle taxes, modernize is what they said in the amendment, and the property taxes being the equipment and inventory tax. Governor Justice was firmly against this. He made 33 community conversations, those town halls that were around the state. And then county commissioners came out strongly and loudly. I think all but two counties of the 55 uh, were definitely against this amendment. They were worried they would lose $600 million in funding for their schools and their public services. On the other side, Senate President Craig Blair and Finance Committee Chair Chairman Eric Tarr, along with the West Virginia Chamber of Commerce and the West Virginia Manufacturers Association, fought hard to get this passed. They said it would bring new, fresh business to West Virginia, and they'd use flat budgets and surpluses to fund those counties, uh, but it, it didn't work. And Blair said, watch out, there may be buyer's remorse here. Now, there were three other constitutional amendments on the ballots. Was there a consistent thread with those as well? All four of these amendments went down to defeat. Uh, Amendment 1, clarifying the judicial role and the legislative power to impeach, uh, went down by 15 points. There was concern over making sure there was due process for somebody that was up for impeachment there. Uh, Amendment 3, would just let churches incorporated. West Virginia is the only state in the union that doesn't allow that. It went down by 10 points. There was no opposition to this by Democrats or Republicans in in the House or Senate. And... um, it it what 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 uh, Speaker Hanshaw had said about this was that maybe we should have presented these amendments individually and given voters a chance not to be maybe confused or overwhelmed. Now, Amendment Four would establish legislative review of the Board of Education, and this was fought hard uh, against. It, it went down by sixteen points, and the West Virginia Education Association, the Teachers Association. Uh, made sure that they wanted the Board of Education to be the ones that made the decisions on them and not let that let the legislature, legislature have those review mm-hmm. powers. Some state and House of Delegates races were tight, heated, and or contentious. What stood out to you? Well, they were heated and contentious early and then pretty <laughs> much go, went for Republicans late. Uh, in the state Senate, well, Senate President Craig Blair called it last night now, not just a supermajority, but a super, supermajority. Uh, there were 17 of 34 seats on the ballot in the Senate. The Republicans won 16 of those 17 seats. Only Cabell County Democrat Mike Wolfel was victorious there. Before last night, there was the, the division was 23 Republicans and 11 Democrats. Now in the Senate, 30 and 4. 30 and 4. Some of the incumbents that are out, Richard Lindsay was beaten by Mark Hunt, defeated by Mark Hunt. Ron, Dr. Ron Stallings was defeated by former U.S. Attorney Mike Stewart, who was strongly supports President Trump. Hannah Geffert uh, in the Eastern Panhandle, Panhandle was defeated by Democrat-turned-Republican Jason Barrett. And Stephen Baldwin, the Senate Minority Leader, lost to Reverend Vince Deeds down in the Greenbrier County area. Baldwin was the minority leader. He was the Democratic caucus leader. They'll have to find somebody new there. Okay. So Uh, for the House of Delegates, let's just go mm -hmm, through there because mm -hmm. uh, Republicans picked up 10 more seats. Now the division is 88 Republicans, just 12 Democrats in the 
House of Delegates. All 100 seats were on the ballot. Um, the, some of the defeated incumbents included Lisa Zukoff in Moundsville, Ed Evans in Welch, Cody Thompson in Elkins. 21 districts had no Democratic, Democratic opposition whatsoever. So, But the chair and the vice chair of the Democratic Party, Mike Pushkin and Danielle Walker, won. So they've got a lot of work to do. Sure. So it looks like the balance of power in the state stays with the Republican Party. But... They were internally divided on on Amendment 2. How does that bode for progress in the future? Well, it seems like everybody, almost everybody, wants to see some tax reform of some kind here in West Virginia. Although I did spoke, speak to a, a member of the West Virginia uh, Division of Policy that talked about, let's just use the laws that we have now and implement them in the right way. But but overall, uh, everybody seems to want some sort of tax reform. Uh, Governor Justice had suggested a rebate proposal on the car tax mm-hmm. rather than changing it constitutionally. Now, Pr- Pr- President Blair had, had said earlier that he would never support that. Last night, he was asked about would there could there be a compromise, and he said absolutely. He said we're now that we have a, a super super majority in in the Senate, we're going to go back and regroup. And yes, there might be room for compromise. He did say last night. On the other side. Uh, in the House, uh, Finance Chairman Eric Householder had proposed uh, a, a proposal that the House agreed with that would go along with Governor Justice's idea to reduce the income tax by 10%, and then maybe a possible phase-out and incremental reduction of the in- equipment and inventory tax. So everybody's going to go back to the drawing board, and we'll just see what happens. Okay, great job, Randy. Thanks so much. Thank you. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Amelia Nicely, Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Eric Douglas, Jessica Lilly, Liz McCormick, Randy Yoey, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.